What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Love That For You podcast. You've got Pat here and my wonderful wife, Julia. Hi, everyone. I am Julia. It's good to be back. And that was a long sigh before she started talking. Well, I'm just trying to figure out. We're, we're back to our big mics here. We had these travel ones for a while, and now we're back to the big ones. And I'm just trying to make sure that it's like right. It's confusing to try and get, you know, it, it at the right. I don't want it to be too loud for you guys or not be able to hear me. And I've been struggling with that process recently. So I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. So let us know how it sounds. <laughs> it sounds like it shouldn't. Uh, please let us know. Yeah. Um. So there's. I don't think we really have any life updates. Uh, we do. We have well, actually. We, we actually have some really big life updates. Oh, yeah, we do. We do. Uh, we do. This might be the first teaser that we put out about it. We haven't put anything on Instagram. I have no idea anything. what you're about to say. Well, I think. Uh, What? I thought you were about to like cut it. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> Go. Julia just held up the uh, like recorder button, and I thought she was about to cut me off. No. Um, well, I was going to say we have a big life update that we are waiting to share, but we aren't there yet. So, so it's for you guys too. It is for you guys. It's for um, our community. It's for the um, you know the followings Something's that we built. Is what we're saying. Yes, yeah, something is definitely coming. But it's and we've told a couple people and we're like, hey, we have something to tell you. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, you're pregnant. Everybody thinks I'm pregnant, and that is definitely not the case. That is not the case. But we do have some other really exciting news to share, and unfortunately, now is just not the time we're going to share it. So can you share anything? Uh, I would say, yeah, I'll give a little tidbit. Okay. Here's the little tidbit. Two weeks ago, I told my job that I'm leaving to go work with my wife full time mm-hmm. on something. But we <laughs> That's can't, all we can but say. But we can't say yet what the yeah, something is. Yeah, and I, is. guys, I hate doing that to you because whenever I see people that are like, oh my God, I have really big news, but uh, I can't tell you yet. That bothers me, so I understand, but... um. There's reasons why we're not saying it yet. I think we just want everything to be almost perfect. And it's something that we're bringing to you guys. Um, and it's the first thing that we've ever done together. And yeah, Pat just, you know, left his job. So uh, I don't like that we're doing that. But I... Uh, you don't like don't, that we're doing what? I don't like that we're leaving like people leaving people hanging. But yeah. I try not to do that as much as I can. But I, but I feel like it was nice to be able to tell you that we are, we've been working on something. And we've never done that before. Yeah, we've been working on something for a while. Um, yeah. And it's to the point where we are just about to share uh, share it with everybody, but we just aren't there yet. So, But if you listen to the podcast, then you know now. Honestly, this will coming. be the first place that it gets talked about. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like our life update. I think other than that, I mean, you guys all know the big one leading up to whatever was the wedding, the honeymoon, last week's episode around both of those things. And yeah, now I think it's a little bit of settling into normalcy without yeah. having to plan a wedding. And Pat's drinking a margarita, so. I'm drinking a margarita, which is not news to anybody because <laughs> I love a good margarita. And admittedly, I went a little... Um, I don't know what the term is here. 
Is that a I went, I went a little basic with it um, because I was at the liquor store and I bought 818 tequila, which is Kendall Jenner's tequila. It's very good. Um, really good. We, I think this is the second bottle we bought of it. The first one we bought was when we were out in California. Yeah. And we really liked it out there. And then I saw it in the store the other day and I was like, I'm going to get this. And also, when I got it in California and I actually had put it on my story, I got a lot of backlash because it's Kendall Jenner. And I just want to clear that up. You guys need to not hate on things that are actually good. The tequila is really good. And yeah. I like her. And there's just like, I don't know. I hate that. Uh you know, if you don't like her, there's there's really just not many reasons to because you don't know her. Yeah. But the tequila is really good. Um, and yeah, she wins at that. Yeah. Do you want to get that from her? I don't know much about her, her or chewing. the tequila. Well, I guess I know that the tequila tastes good, but I don't know much else Does about it. Does it come in? I don't know if the tequila comes in gold, but we're drinking the silver one and it's really good. Is she chewing that up? Our dog is chewing up. A lot of things. Anyway, also, Pat has been cooking a lot lately. Oh, yeah. And let me just say that when we first met and you were living in your, like, pretty small, crappy apartment. No, the second one. yeah. Not the one in Durham. The one in D.C. You weren't cooking because the kitchen was terrible, but also you were not a good cook. You just weren't. And it's fine. I just hadn't learned yet. Yeah, you hadn't learned. And now, well... First through quarantine, you learned a bit, but now you've just gotten a lot more creative. And I think TikTok is really to thank for that because you do find a lot of stuff on TikTok and recreate it. But you've been more like creative with putting things together versus just kind of like something. Like you've been trying new things, new flavors, mixing them together. And I've been impressed. I've shared a little bit on my store and I actually saved a highlight called Pat's Cooking. I did it yesterday. So, Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The cooking thing has been, it's turned into a little bit of a hobby for me. It's been a little bit of, um, you know, there's like a creative aspect to it. I've definitely failed on some recipes and on some things I've tried to throw together. Um, But there's definitely been some good success too. And I, like Julia said on TikTok, um, it makes me laugh because there's so many like stupid memes, like a couple laying in bed. Let's say like, you know, coming out of the, um, like coming out of like Julia's head, it would say like, oh, he's probably watching girls dance on TikTok or something like that. Well, you probably are, but. And then it scrolls to like what I'm actually watching and it's cooking. And yeah. my entire like TikTok page now is just different cooking recipes. And it's different, so informative. And there are so many good recipes yeah. on TikTok. Yeah. It's and really things cool. that are, uh, this past weekend. In the morning, I was scrolling through and I saw this like brie cheese. Um, it's like a baked brie, right? Appetizer. Yeah. And I was like, "All right, cool. We're going to be watching football later. Let me go run to the store." And I had to like pick up the couple recipe or the couple ingredients, and it took me like twenty minutes yeah. to throw it together. And we ended up both liking it. It was really yeah. good. You made um, um really good burgers, vegan burgers, and I forget what our appetizers or like sides were. No, the potatoes. Oh yeah, those are the one of my favorite really things I've been making. I'll have to um share actual recipes with people once we get some more out there but yeah. you've been cooking and yeah it's been it's been really good so yeah the um i'd feel guilty if we really shared a lot of the recipes because they're all just stolen from somebody else yeah that's true <laughs> but but it's it's like it, you know you put it together yourself and yeah and sometimes um, you make them a little bit like different in your own 
don't know. Yeah. If you have definitely. stuff I, or don't have the, the ingredients. Yeah. There's, I think there's a lot of times where a lot of the people that you can get ingre- or recipes from on TikTok, they have like kitchens and pantries that are made for these recipes. Like yeah. they have every ingredient and I'm like, oh, I don't have that. Let me mm-hmm. substitute it with this. Or, oh, I don't have that. Let me try something else instead. Yeah. And like that definitely makes it our own. Um, yeah. But. Okay. Um, I don't really want to spend a lot of time talking about this, but I just feel like I keep thinking about it and I'm seeing on the news a lot of things about the uh, everything that happened at Travis Scott's concert. And I just feel like it's something that needs to be like... I don't, the only reason I feel like I need to talk about it is because I just feel like it hits home where it could have been anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it just kind of is like really scary. And I, I still can't really wrap my head around like the fact that people died. Um, and like just that you go into something that's going to be so fun and you're so excited. And maybe it was like your first concert or, you know, it just could have been like your first or whatever. It's just an experience that you were just all you're thinking about is how fun it's going to be. And it turns into a disaster. And I feel like I've been seeing a lot of TikToks where people have been saying like, um, you know, I was there. Obviously, they were okay. But like how how fearful they were the entire time and like how much of a panic situation it was. Um. So, yeah, I just feel like I feel obviously heart goes out to all the people that were died and injured. But I just I don't really know like what what should even be done about the situation. I just kind of wanted to like mention it. Yeah, I think it's one of those situations. I remember whatever night it was, maybe Saturday morning, because I think it happened Friday night, like waking up and starting to see some of the news coverage about it. And I mean, first reaction is just so heartbreaking. Um, like, like you said, like people going to their first concert, anybody going to a concert, like it's always, you know, I feel like there's like so much excitement around going to a show, doing something like people's plans for Friday night, you spend a hundred dollars to get a ticket and like what went on there just being so sad. And, you know, the more stories that have come out, the more social media things we've read about it. And, you know, it's like. I don't know what could have been done or what will be done to stop it in the future. And it just, it's just such a heartbreaking situation. And, um, you know, the, the, the more I see about it, the more I just honestly get sad about it. Like it's, I, I don't know. The it's, point that people are trying to make is like, there could have been a lot to, to been done. Like, well, it's like, you know, but it's hard. Hi- yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty. It's easy to be on this side of what happened and say, they should have done this or yeah. they could have done that. It's like the same thing with it's the pandemic, from... the same thing with everything. Yeah, like yeah. there's always like on the backside being able to say this should have happened or this could have happened. And yeah. unfortunately what happened happened and, you know. I know. So I, you know, uh, I just feel sad about it. And it's like one of those things that it's a serious tragedy because you just don't ever think that something like that's going to happen to you. Yeah. And like the panic and like that kind of fear is just like there's nothing worse. So um yeah. Yeah. That's it. I mean, the news will kind of tell what's going on and what they're going to I don't know. Yeah. Do, but whatever's going to happen, I something mean something has to change with first of all his concerts, but also just maybe like in general, I don't know. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Today's episode, now that we're deep in it, um, we actually have our monthly advice column, and this was supposed to be last week, um, but we changed it to this week. So I'm going to bring up... 
romancing. Yeah, last week we were, well, so every first episode of the month, we do the monthly advice column. And last week, just with us coming off the honeymoon, coming off the um, wedding, we felt like we should do that. So, So we skipped it last week and wanted to make sure we got it done this week. So there's a lot of stuff here, but we'll just start with a few off the bat. Let's go. Okay, this is a this is an interesting one. Freaking out to do our vows in front of others. Advice. Got to do it. Well, this was something I was so nervous about. Yeah. But something that made me want to do it was knowing that Pat really wanted to do it. And for some reason I was able to like look past my fears. I'm not like afraid of public speaking, and I wouldn't say that's like a huge fear of mine like I'll do it, but I don't love it. Yeah. Um I was more afraid that I was going to be like pretty emotional. And Pat was more than me, which I, I knew that was going to happen. But I, I, yeah, you have to do it. I think a lot of people go to weddings and a lot of people will say that that is their favorite part of weddings. Like the whole point of the wedding is to share your love with everyone who's there. And like they want to know why you're marrying this person and why you love them. So I feel like it's just, I think a lot of people would say when they go to weddings and they don't do their own vows, they they hate that. Yeah. They don't like that. Well, you no, know? I think... Sharing vows in general, whether it's, you know, a lot of the pre-written ones or writing your own. I mean, I think it was one of the most, one of my most favorite parts of like our wedding. Because it's not only one of those things that you experience like on that day in that moment. I had a lot of like nights and days alone writing my vows. And I think it really helped me put into perspective, like thinking back on our you know, whatever, five-year relationship, like, what are the highs? What are the lows? What are the reasons that I actually love you? Like, what am I um... actually looking forward to? Like, the exercise of doing it is actually part of, like, the fun of it, not just, you know, reading them in front of, you know, your friends and family. And, you know, I would say, like, write them down. Mine were fully typed out, like, word for word. I don't know how yours were. were. And I did that because um, I didn't know how I was going to be in that moment. I didn't know (laughs) if I was going to be emotional. I didn't know what the whole situation was going to be. So I was like, let me just type it out word for word what I want to say. So if worst case scenario, all I do is read it, then at least I'm conveying the message that I want. Yeah. And that was really helpful to me. And it was helpful because it gave me the confidence like, okay, if all I do is stand up there and read these, then like mission accomplished. Mm -hmm. Or, and this is what happened to me, is like as I started getting into, I had it broken down like into little little paragraphs or whatever, a couple sentences. So I was like, you know, I had practiced it and rehearsed it. So as I got into each one, I got more comfortable and that meant I could just look at Julia or look at, you know, our officiant like, and but but having it there fully typed out on paper was more helpful to me. Yeah, I I was happy that I wrote mine because um well number one something that got me excited and less nervous was knowing that Pat was writing his vows and that he was I I guess I kind of had a feeling his were going to be really good and I was just so excited to hear what he was going to say and most importantly I was like I need to be in this moment like we were the wedding was so built up. And I was just like, I just want to be here in the moment, especially for this. And mm-hmm. I want to be like listening to what he is saying. And I was a little bit nervous and cold, but yeah. I really did like try my best to just like listen to what he was saying. And I think you'll be nervous up front, but during it, 
you're going to be like more relaxed and I think you'll be happy that you did it. Yeah. You'll be m- more nervous thinking about it and preparing for it than you actually will be doing it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, I would say you have to practice them, but don't be like, oh my God, overboard with them. Willow. Okay. Anyway, on to the next. Any advice on feeling socially unfulfilled and lonely in your early 20s? So, yeah. Um, socially unfulfilled and lonely. I mean, I could definitely speak on this. Yeah, I can speak on this a little bit. I went in my early 20s to um, – I basically left my, like, normal – college fun town and I moved to New York to pursue like my career kind of and I had no friends there and I feel like it was really hard to make friends but also just like coming from what I came from like you know parties and stuff and like normal college life um so I was really focused on something else and I feel like you kind of have to like focus your mind on you know maybe other things like if you're in your early 20s and you know, maybe refocus on like your career or kind of give you something to take your mind off of some off of like not being socially fulfilled. That's not going to fix your problem, obviously, but it's definitely going to like help you just like refocus and like work on yourself and not be like relying on other people, I feel like. Yeah, I think that's, um, I hate to say like, I relate with that, but I honestly do. I came out of college with very few friends, um, for very few friends from college and that definitely left me in a position of like um feeling lonely like what was going on why did i go to college and like obviously getting a degree like different experiences are important but the social aspect i feel like is was a big part of it and i think for me it was understanding what i wanted or what i was looking for in a social community like friends and you know, it, it was more of like an introspective thing and then determining, okay, this is what I want. So how do I go find that? Um, so like, that would be my advice is like, think about what you want. Think about the people you're looking for. Think about what you want them to care about, what you want to be important to them, and then go try and find those people. Yeah. I think something else too is like really getting out of your comfort zone. Um, it's really hard to make friends at any age. And I don't think you realize that until you're not forced into a school with people. Like you're making friends when you're young because your parents are setting you up with people and like that's how you mm-hmm. make friends. And you don't care. You're yourself when you're, you know, 13 years old. But it's really hard to make friends, especially if you're like trying to work on yourself, do you and make friends at the same time. Um, but I think like really going after that and kind of like just being open-minded and like, not changing who you are just being more confident in yourself and like not really caring like if so, if you do reach out to somebody and they're like no then move on like yeah i just think <clears throat> well i think of people like in my close community of friends and probably more so family members that like i would deem as like a little different or a little quirky or a little like different than me but they are so happy in their unique way in their own way because they found their own people that are like them. Yeah. And definitely what I like, I have one person specific in mind that I'm thinking about, like that person had to go out of their way, move away from family, find like that unique community in the new place that they had never lived before. 
And now they're like kind of thriving. Like they're making friends. They're doing the things they want to be doing. They're like hanging out with people that care about the same things that they care about. Yeah. I think um, I I saw this TikTok. It's like a popular TikTok sound. And it's like, if you moved away from home, like started a new career, blah, 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 you're the shit. And it's like so true. Like all these things in life are so hard and no one's like teaching you in school how to move away or how to make new friends or do the stuff that's actually really hard. And doing any of it is just like should be celebrated, and yeah, it's not so. Yeah, I think that I think was that's helpful. Yeah, hopefully helpful. I think we went on a couple different uh, tangents there, talking about you know finding friends and. But you know, I think we're we're also proactive. We are all so proactive in finding like our spouse or partner or finding our career. It's like friends we can be just as proactive with like if you're not feeling fulfilled with what's around you like seek out other people seek Mm -hmm. out other options seek out other ways to meet those people because the people that will fulfill you are out there i guarantee it it's just a matter of like it coming together in the right way at the right time yeah and everyone feels lonely at times and i feel like if it's something that's really getting to you like go to group stuff like go do stuff that's more just in a group so you don't feel lonely and i feel like even when i was living in new york and you know i didn't have a ton of friends i would go like sit at coffee shops and even do work there so that i wasn't like alone alone and it actually does help and like sometimes you meet people and sometimes you don't but just being out in a setting where you can like people watch and little things like that i feel like at least help take that feeling away when you are really feeling like alone yeah okay Offered to pay for my friend to attend our friend's bachelorette. She said no. And now I'm sad and mad that she won't go. <laughs> I, um, I need a lot more context. But. Yeah. I mean, I can kind of envision it, I feel like. I think... Well, I'm thinking like... One, you don't know underlying reasons why that person said no. Or at least we don't know those underlying reasons. Maybe you do. Yeah. If it was a financial decision, I think about times when I was very broke and I didn't want to accept money from people or I didn't want to accept gifts yeah. because it was a matter of like pride. Like, that's no, I'm true. not going to let you pay for me to go because like, that's not your responsibility. I don't want that on my, you know, on my conscious. I don't want to have to repay you this. I don't want to have to feel like I owe you something. So like, you know, I think being okay with it is like the advice there is like, you know, let that person do them. Don't get mad. You know, you can be sad that they won't be there, but, you know, ultimately they're making their decision on not to go. Yeah. I think if you maybe can, you know, nicely try and find a way for your for your inner peace to understand why they're saying no. Um, and if they're really pushing back and, like, not giving you an answer, I would assume that it's something just more personal. Yeah. And you maybe just shouldn't know. And, like, almost take that as, like, okay, something's going on. Let me just drop it. Um, but if it's if there is a reason and it's shitty, then bye. <laughs> what? No, don't be their friend. Just kidding. Uh, I, yeah, I think you just kind of have to like feel out the situation. And I understand. I w- I would feel mad and sad too. Like you want that person there. It's obviously why you're offering to pay. But maybe try and like understand the reasons why they're like not accepting your offer. Okay. What do you do when your partner wants to keep things open, but you don't want the same? I'm assuming open means like seeing other people. Yeah. Like an open relationship or basically you're just not on the same page. 
in the relationship? I think, I mean, understanding and being able to communicate why your partner wants to keep things open is um, hugely important there. If they're saying no, I mean, if they're communicating as I want to keep things open, probably means they're not committed to you. They don't want to settle down. They don't want to, you know, focus on just you right now. Yeah. Which I would say should be a sign. Um, you know, I think understanding, like getting to the bottom line of that um, would be my approach. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard when, you, like, a relationship is being on the same page. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, what a relationship means. So I feel like that's something you really have to like talk through and and kind of work out because you don't you're not going to be happy or fulfilled or satisfied if you're not on the same page. And like at the end of the day, if they're not willing to like compromise or be on somewhat of the same page, then I feel like it's not really worth it. Yeah. To like go through any type of relationship that's not. So like yeah, we always say communication is like huge yeah. and just like standing by what you want to. Yeah. And not like just doing something because you want to be in the relationship, but you know, you're not going to be fully happy in that relationship if you're not like standing by what you want. And sometimes it just isn't meant to be. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if we're interpreting that like, you know, 10 word response properly, like one person saying, I want to keep our relationship open and another person saying, I want to be solely with you. Like the writing is on the wall. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That should be pretty clear. Like that person does not just want to be with you they may want to be with you but they also want to be with other people and if you're not cool with that then and respect that they're on it they're telling you yeah the fact that they're saying it i'm sure it wasn't easy because they could have said sure i just want to be with you and then you know snuck off and done some other stuff yeah you have to respect the honesty there um okay Everything is perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to be engaged soon, but the only part is he's an atheist and I'm a Christian. Mm. Right off the bat, you sending this in is making me think that that's not cool with you. Yeah. But everything's yeah. perfect. Everything's perfect. Yeah. Um, what is an atheist? I mean, it, Just like you don't really believe in anything. Atheist means they don't believe that there is a God, I think. Okay. There's different so atheist versus agnostic. I always get confused by it. One of them believe that there could be a god, but I currently don't believe. And then the other is I don't believe. I think there's a atheist god. is like I don't believe. Yeah. Yeah, I forget which one is which, but I mean definitely the differing in like religious views. Um, you know that that's not a. Uh, you know, this isn't the first time somebody's going through that. I mean, Julia and I went through that, having to talk through some of our different um, thoughts on that, our different opinions on it, our different beliefs. And like everything relationship-wise, uh, like being able to talk about it and what that means for your future um, is like the big thing to me. Because you can definitely get along with that person. You can definitely love that person. You can definitely be with that person. Mm-hmm. But what happens when you have kids? How do you celebrate holidays? How does that how does that impact um, different things? Are you guys gonna pray before dinner? Yeah. Right? Like the, the, it's gonna, gonna be, bring up yeah. little fights and little different things that you know, things that need to be talked about beforehand and can be conversation that like one hundred percent you can get through. Yeah. Or not get through, but you can 
figure out a solution that keeps you guys together. Yeah. But if that person being atheist is something you can't get over, then, you know, if you can't get over it now while you're dating, while you're hoping to be engaged. Yeah. Um, and also know, like, if that's a big topic for you and um, whoever your partner is, like, it's going to continue to come up, right? You're going to, if you guys get engaged and you're just going to try and blow it up, you're going to get engaged and then you're going to start talking about, well, what's our wedding ceremony going to be like? Mm-hmm. Who's going to officiate it? Are we going to have a priest or are we going to have somebody else? And little what things like that get about? pretty tricky. Just yeah, they definitely get, annoying. Get, definitely get challenging. And then you're also like start talking about family pressure, right? If we have a kid, yeah. are we going to have baptized? Are we going to do this? What is that? like? Yeah, I would say it's definitely a very important conversation to have, especially if you're really thinking about it now. Pat and I have different religious backgrounds and we talked about it before we decided to get engaged, but it was something where we were like, we're just going to make this work. And we both felt that way. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we didn't really fully like decide what we were going to do with our kids, but we made the wedding work and we, you know, we, we have had those conversations, but it seems like it's something that's pretty on your mind. Yeah. So I would say do not get engaged without, you know, just my opinion without having more of a conversation. Yeah. And have a conversation about, not only about like what are we going to do, but are we both committed to figuring out the way to figuring it out? Yeah. And that was really our approach, right? When we made the decision to get engaged, it wasn't like, okay, what are we going to do on our wedding day? What are we going to do if we ever have a kid? What are we going to tell our parents? Like we didn't have those answers. We didn't have those decisions made. But what we did know was we were always going to try and like have the conversation when like the problem or the whatever arose. And like that commitment to each other was like, okay, we're going to get engaged. And then when we start planning the wedding, we're going to have to sacrifice and, you know, um, I can't think of the word right now. What? <laughs> like give in a little bit to each other. Like just give and take? Like Yeah, we were going to have to like give and take to e- each other a little bit. Like I was going to say, compromise. all right, I wanted a little bit. Yeah, compromise. Exactly. That was the word <laughs> I was thinking of. Compromise. Um, we knew we were going to have to compromise and we knew we were both going to have to sacrifice a little bit. And that's going to be the case for everything in our relationship and probably your relationship, whether it's, you know, a religious discussion or not. I yeah. mean, Julie and I are going to fight about what we have for dinner tonight because mm-hmm. I'm going to want fried fish and she's going to want grilled fish. And like, that's just going to have to be, <laughs> I'm going to have to make a little bit of both because that's compromise. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm going to leave it at that. I think that was, that was good. A lot of people are kind of just wanting to know if you have advice for your 20s. Yeah. I'm still in my 20s. Yeah. I don't know what her deal is right now. Yeah. And I, so I'm still in my 20s, um, but I may be in like a tiny bit different life stage than most people in their 20s. Maybe. Maybe. Some. I mean, I'm in my later 20s now, which is really weird to say. Um 20s are hard and also everyone always says how like their 30s are their best years and I think that is exciting because in your 20s you're trying to figure shit out you don't know what you're doing you don't know you don't have any you don't have any money you you don't necessarily know who like your people are like I think it's just hard to navigate but something that I don't know if this is advice but I think something that I wish I could tell myself more is to like just be in your 20s be in the moment in your 20s because one day you're gonna have your shit figured out and you're gonna be like Oh, remember when I could just like go out at 11 p.m. and 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 not be hungover the next day? And <laughs> yeah, because you do that my, so well. I'm just saying, like most people, like you can just do all this stuff, be alone, yeah. be single, go to this, do whatever I want, 
and you just get more responsibility as you get older. So I feel like my advice is is to like not think so much about what's going on in your life and not try and have it all perfect and not try and have it all together because you're not going to. And most people do not have their shit together, even in their 30s, even after. Mm-hmm. But being in your 20s and having social media around makes you think that everyone has their shit together. And I'm just here to tell you that no one has their shit together. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm I'm 33 and 100% don't have my shit together, I think. What is having your shit together? Who knows? Uh, like I said earlier, earlier this week, I made the decision to like leave my job. and Or last week, made the decision to leave my job. And I still use the thing like what I want to be when I grow up. And mm-hmm. most people are like, you're 33, you're supposed to be grown up. And I'm like, no, I'm not, unfortunately. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm still figuring it out as I go. And, you know, I think advice for when you're in your 20s, I think, you know, like, I would say, don't be so hard on yourself, right? Like, learn how to live and be happy and, like, take notes about what actually makes you happy. Like, figure yeah. that out, right? Like, what is actually important to you? Create a list of, like, your priorities, is that your family? Is that your friends? Is that your career? Is that your cars? Is that your clothes? Like what it is. Like make a list of things that make you happy. Actually like write down and think about what you want to be in the future. I think that's one of my, not regrets, but something I wish I did a little differently is like, what did I want to be like when I was 35? What did I want my life to be like? And not that I would have had like a perfect game plan to make it happen, but it would have given me a little bit of like a uh, game plan to work towards. And, you know, obviously like all of that could have changed first when I was in my 20s thinking about this time. Um, And then, you know, just another thing I would say is like money is going to be something that is going to be a part of your life forever. Um, you're always going to be wanting more of it. You're always going to have to blah, blah, blah with money. So in your twenties, starting to have a game plan of how to save and how to invest, like it will give you more opportunity in your thirties, forties, fifties, sixties than you realize. Yeah. And to me, that's another one of my like regrets. I wish when I was in my twenties, I had a better like financial game plan for what I wanted later in life. And admittedly, like I'm playing a little bit of catch up right now because I didn't have that plan in my 20s. Mm-hmm. So I would say like, you know, figure out what you like, create that list, create your game plan of what you want to work towards um, and like figure out personal finances. That's my advice. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Mine is more uh, just stop overthinking, but that's literally all I do with my life. So I just want you to like enjoy your 20s. You know, like, I feel like I'm already freaking out that I'm three years away from 30 just because I'm like, that is an era that's gone in my life almost. And yeah, I don't know. So I think that was good advice, hopefully. Yeah, I think of my 20s as uh, definitely something I would like to go back and relive. I mean, so much fun. And I think of like, you know, uh, your 20s as such a fun time like yeah. you're obviously of legal drinking age mm-hmm. you you start to have a little bit of want. money you start to live on your own do what you want to do um but you're not fully i mean you're an adult but you're not really an adult you usually mm-hmm. don't have big responsibilities and definitely a fun time and then, like not having money like you like 
graduate and you go off and do your own thing and then you're like, oh, wait, I have literally no money. I can't do anything because I have no money. <laughs> so it's hard. And I, I get that. I don't know. It's not all about money in your 20s, but uh, yeah, it's hard, but it's also amazing at the same time. Yeah. This one, this one needs some help. How to cope with a boyfriend who plays video games 24-7, on the phone constantly, etc. I wanted to set a time aside maybe two nights a week where we watch a movie or play a game without any interruptions, but he says we live together, so we don't need to do that. Mm. Your boyfriend's wrong. Yeah. I think that's... Um, sounds a little immature of him. It, it. I don't know if it sounds immature. It sounds like... Uh, misaligned between you and him, like like love languages. Almost. Yeah, almost like different. Yeah, different love languages. Different. Um, again, I'm blanking on the darn word. Um, it it sounds like there are different things that like you want from the relationship, and different thing he wants from the relationship. And again, being able to like push and try and get those things, uh, definitely keep doing that because that's. This is a, I feel like a common story of like, this is how it goes. And then you learn how to just be okay with it. You get comfortable. And then you get comfortable. You're like, uh, we live together. I'm not going to break up, but he does these mm. things. And then you end up being miserable. And then yeah. it creates more chaos later down the road. Like, this is a big thing. If you're begging from, which sounds like begging. Um, for quality time. For quality time, which is not something like you should feel bad about begging. You should definitely, like, that's a good I thing. I think it's good that you're on top of it right now. Yeah. And that you're like, this is bothering me. What do I do? And if it's not something that's going to be fixed, then this is not a relationship you, you're going to want to be in down the road. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to say communication, talk to talk to him about this. But, you know, it's, I don't know why. I don't want to make it sound like this is, like, doomed. But my first instinct just from what I'm hearing, which is not a lot, is that this is his personality and he might say, oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, I have to talk about it, and then kind of go back into the same ways. Yeah. I just feel like in, you know, a relationship is two ways and if this person doesn't want to hang out with you and they don't want a quality time with you, like that's not, that's not like he's doing that on purpose. That's like his brain is just like, he doesn't feel like he needs that. Yeah, you know, and the other thing is he might not know the extent yes. of like how important this is to you. If you haven't talked to him and said like, "Hey, this is honestly really serious to me," like this is a deal this breaker is to, to the me. point where yeah. like, yeah, I'm contemplating whatever, and I'm not threatening you, but this is how important <laughs> it is to me. Um, yeah, like if he doesn't understand that yet, then you know, get it to that point. But if then it still continues and you can't get that quality time, then. You know, that definitely to me sounds like a deal breaker if if it's something that you're saying you need and want and that mm -hmm. person can't. And it's quality time, which is like that's all, the that's, foundation yeah. of relationships, right? Yeah. That's, what, that's what makes a uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, romantic relationship different than just being friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel like this happens a lot. This, is happen this happens a lot with people where they get comfortable in relationships and it's too comfortable to leave. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't sound like you're doing that. It sounds like that's maybe what you're worried about happening. So I think it's good that you're thinking about it and just have a real conversation with him. Be like, this is important to me and this is going to be a problem if we can't work this out in some way. And, you know, doesn't mean you're asking him to like not play video games. Maybe just like, can you pay a little more attention to me, boyfriend? Yeah. Yeah. 
a lot of people are asking about like wedding plans. Like how did you figure out your vision? I feel like we talked about this last week, right? A little bit. I, I mean, some of the questions it. are like, uh, somebody's asking how to budget for my, for wedding vendors. If my venue is like 85% of my budget. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. literally you have no other option, but to compromise. <laughs> yeah. One of my, uh, very, very close friends, a guy who was in my wedding, recently got engaged, and um, he called me. We were catching up, and he was talking about the wedding, and he was kind of throwing out some different ideas, and I kind of just said, like, hey, man, here's something to think about budget, and because he was saying, like, we want to do this, we want to do that, we want to do this, and um, I said, like, all of those things are great. Like, that sounds like a really fun wedding, but one of the early things you need to do is figure out how things are going to be paid for. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, just to give you a little bit of like a ballpark, like, I don't know how many guests you guys are thinking about inviting, but like, you know, uh, catering and venue could end up costing 50, a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars per head. Mm -hmm. So you multiply that times 50, a hundred, 150 people. Like, that adds up quick. Mm-hmm. Then you talk about a wedding dress that can be a couple thousand plus shoes, plus flowers, plus officiant, plus alcohol, plus all of it. Like, you know, the, the cost of a wedding can add up quick. And it's funny, his reaction was like, holy crap, we hadn't talked to a, a vendor yet. So he didn't know like what costs were. And he said, I'm paying for the wedding myself. Yeah. And I only have a, a budget of, he told me what the budget was. And I was like, you need to get on that like mm-hmm. sooner than later, like figuring out the budget. And my my advice to him was b- build a priority list of like what is most important to you. And like for us, the venue was really important. We really didn't care about the food. We got lucky with good food and we knew we wanted to spend a lot of money or we were willing to spend more money on video and photographer. Yeah. Like those were our like three things, venue, video and photographer. And that meant we had to take uh, like cuts on other things. We didn't do a cake, right? Something we- to yeah to think about too is like, you know, obviously a big important part of this day, and for me and for a lot of people, is like your wedding dress. Uh, some people are spending like eight thousand dollars on a wedding dress. Yeah, I was like, that is not going to be me, and but I still want something that I love. So there's ways to go around that. And I think once you make a list of your budgets, make the list again. And just kind of be like, okay, these are my top five things. Is there anything on this list that I can kind of put at the bottom of those top five? And then you have to literally, with numbers, write what your budget is based on the total price you want to spend for your wedding. So yeah, it does take a lot of time and it's stressful, but there are ways to make things look more expensive, I guess, than yeah. they are. And um, based on your venue, like for us, our venue was surrounded by gardens. So we didn't have any flowers outside. Like we didn't do any of that because we were like, we don't need it. So there's like, look at your venue and be like, what does my venue have already? Like they provided us the tent. They provided us some lights, like fairy lights. So yeah, there's just things that you have to look at and budget and it'll come together. Okay. We will do maybe like one more. Um, someone said long distance relationships. We have a whole episode on this. I would say definitely go check that one out. Um, okay. This was a good one to end on. Not a good, I mean, it's kind of sad. Oh. Um, how do you handle being a part of a relationship that has a definite end date? 
Someone also said how to navigate moving on, or not, or, uh, advice on how to end a one-way friendship. So, you know, definite end date, but you're in the relationship. How to navigate being in a relationship that has a definite end date? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's funny. Not you're laughing I... and I'm like tearing up because I'm thinking like. <laughs> I'm laughing because it doesn't really make sense. Well, is this like a terminal illness? Like somebody has been given oh, like I six months. That. Yeah, I know you weren't. <laughs> I was thinking like they, they want they want to end the relationship, but they're still when in it. Wait, maybe maybe what they're oh saying gosh, is I want to end know. the relationship when we graduate. Hopefully that's what we're okay. Doing. Yeah, I mean, well, we got no context. I was yeah, we not got no context. We went being... different ways with it. Um, I think you know the, the advice for that and. Uh, well, now you have me sad. Yeah, and I don't know how to answer that thinking about how I thought about it. I think embrace it for what it is. Love it for what it is. Um, and that goes for any relationship, I think. I think one of the things, and this is going to be like a maybe a little bit of a tangent, um, that was something that I learned later after a couple serious relationships is that like, each relationship provides value. Each relationship you can learn from. Each relationship can provide love and affection and like really good, happy times. But that doesn't mean that every relationship is for forever. Yeah. And being able, and that's hard to think about when you're in a relationship or coming off of a relationship. But being able to like take a step back and say, what did I learn from that relationship? What did I take away from it? is i think like a really valuable um like a really valuable experience with a relationship right you know i think about um you know i I was in a pretty serious relationship before meeting julia and you know it had its good parts it had its bad parts it had its like terrible parts it had its whatever like the ending and i think what i was able to learn from that is partially what like makes me love julia as much as i do like i was able to take a step back look at that relationship and say this is what i've learned and you know having a relationship end date in mind like i don't know what i don't know what that means okay my first thought was that like you're in a relationship and you know it's just not forever and you know it's going to end at some point yeah you know hopefully that is the case and it's not something more terminal i'm just yeah you know if we're gonna go with that yeah uh yeah i totally agree and i think even like a friendship anything not doesn't have to be like an intimate relationship yeah is that what that means intimate meaning yeah like, romantic romantic intimate. yeah um yeah i think you can learn something from every relationship and don't like uh don't keep it going for too long i feel like yeah. Like, don't overdo it. If you know it's not meant to be in any type of relationship, then I guess if you, like, are wanting to be, like, friends with this person still, or if you're trying to, like, totally cut them off, that's totally, it's just different situation. I don't really know what your situation is, but like Pat said, I think just kind of realize what it is and think about what you learned from it, but don't stay in the relationship. Yeah. That's, like, what the context was. Like, how do you deal with being in a relationship that has an end date? Yeah, I would definitely say, like, you know, 
don't stay in it just because it's easy. Don't yeah. stay in it just because fill in the blank. Yeah. Right? Like you obviously you're putting that into this comment box saying you know it's going to end like there are um like there's a little bit of like feeling like you're in chains with relationships like that like where you're like oh i know the end date is coming i just don't know when it is therefore you feel like you're like being held back and while it's challenging to get out of those chains while while it's challenging to like break free once you're able to like get out and move on you will feel better yeah and then i'll take time yeah always wow now i'm going down a rabbit hole like what i know this what is? the heck <laughs> That was like Why such do we a think about things so differently. That's what makes us us. Like literally you think about something and I'm not that's not even anywhere in my brain. Yeah. And now I can't stop thinking about that. If if you're listening, please DM me and give me some more context. Yeah, because seriously. I hope that everything's okay. Because if it's not, then I don't have advice on that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I yeah. I think we'll end there. Yeah. Just to end the advice column. Um it's always Always stuff to talk about. Yeah. Thank you uh, to everybody who, who wrote in. Um, thanks for Into Julia's us. comics box. Thanks for trusting us. Thanks for allowing Willow to bark in the background. Thanks for <laughs> her performance yeah. here. She wanted to be involved. She loves you guys too. Also, if anyone listening would like to leave us, or anyone out there wants <laughs> to leave a review. We're not desperate. But we would love it. We're a little desperate. Um. Yeah, on Apple Podcasts, leave us a nice review and I'll share it on the stories if you do. I promise. Anyway, that's it for this week. Um, See you guys next week. See everybody.